Any drinker knows how the process works. The first day you get drunk is okay. The morning after means a big head, but so you can kill that easy with a few more drinks and a meal. But if you pass up the meal and go on to another night's drunk and wake up to keep the tooth going and continue on to the fourth day, there'll come a day when the drinks won't take effect because you're chemically overloaded. And you'll have to sleep it off but can't sleep anymore because it was the alcohol itself that made you sleep those last five nights. So delirium sets in. Sleeplessness, sweat, trembling, a groaning feeling of weakness where your arms are numb and useless, nightmares, nightmares of death. Well, there's more of that up later. the Lit to Lens podcast, a safe place for folks who like the movie better than the book. We are recording this episode on Sunday, September 23rd, 2021. Today we are discussing Big Sur, the book by Jack Kerouac. With me to talk about the adaptation is the beach-going, California dreaming, and child-hating Mr. Eric. Say hello to the people, E. Hello to you people besides small children who can fit in a uh certain coffin size holes in the ground child childlike coffins or child size coffins excuse yeah me. uh do they make those i suppose they must oh, they must yeah i mean if they quoted it in the, in the book they must what a great way to start this episode <laughs> it'll it, make sense later on. it'll make sense later but um we're gonna get it it's, this book and movie gets into some dark subjects as the uh story unfolds yeah i was looking for more just like big sir porn and what i got was like some some deep dark soulless um writing and we're gonna get into it i cannot wait um but before we do that we have some fast facts so the book obviously called big serve and by jack kerouac like i mentioned was published in 1962 uh at sort of the height of his fame right yep uh we did on the road the famous jack kerouac book is 57 or 52 i think it's i think it was 56 56 maybe it's 57 but um yeah so sort of in the height of his fame there. Um, and then the movie was premiered at Sundance in January 2013, written, written and directed by Michael Polish, who also directed Twin Falls, Idaho, and The Good Thief, um, and then starring Jean-Marc Barr, Joshua Lucas, Rada Mitchell, and Kate Bosworth. Rotten Tomatoes, 44%, Metacritic, 49 so not very well received. But, yeah, pretty average, I suppose. Yeah. Or down the, I don't know. 44 is low, 49 is low. Yeah, I feel like... I don't know how to categorize. It's either like if you're 30 or below or 40 or below, it's like a bad movie. Like it's bad. It's objectively bad. Or if it's like 70 or above, it's like objectively good. This is sort of like objectively. Like a shrug emoji. Yeah. I almost feel like if this movie was in the 10s or 20s, it would have been better than <laughs> yeah, by probably. being in the 40s. It would have meant that like they tried to do something weird and wild, which would have made more sense than just like a very down the middle adaptation which is what they did yeah it would have been more entertaining because it would have been so bad yeah so i wanted this to be divisive you know and it just was people hated it or people loved it and it wasn't yeah 
Most of it, we just hated it. Yeah, exactly. Um, can you give us a quick recap on the story, Eric? Yes, so Big Sur the book tells the story of Jack Delos, a thinly veiled Kerouac, um, who is a famous writer wrestling with the demands of fame and public life and also crushing alcoholism. To help him better handle this, his friend Lorenzo Monsato, an, another thinly veiled Lawrence Ferlinghetti, the owner and proprietor of City Lights Bookstore in San Francisco, offers access to his cabin in Big Sur for um, some time away from the demands of life, parties, sex, and crippling mental deterioration feature prominently. Yes, I do. That's Big Sur. It is Big Sur. It is also a place in California. Uh, yes. But when you go there, these things happen to you. So. Yeah, it's right off the uh, the old one. PCH? Yeah. We, we drove past it on my honeymoon. You didn't stop? We did not stop. There There is like a big tunnel of trees that you go through. And they have a bunch of different like campsites on either side of the road, okay. which look awesome. And definitely in a different life, I would go like hike there mm -hmm. and like take mescaline and just like <laughs> listen to the sounds of the Pacific Ocean. Smoke you know, peyote. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. But in this life, I just, we just kept moving. <laughs> <laughs> move right like, how far there. is LA? Okay. Yeah, yeah we're going there. Um, cool. So quick game, two truths, one lie. Eric, do you know how to play? Yes. Three statements. Two of them are truths. One of them is a lie. Number one. The director of a film, Michael Polish, is married to actress Kate Bosworth. Well, you call him Michael Polish now. Wasn't he? He was Michael Polish before. Is it Michael Polish? I don't know. Did I say you, Michael you, Polish? Before? Yeah, you did. Well, it's we're spelled. Doing, it's yeah. It's a homonym. We're doing. We're doing nah, how I feel. Homonym. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not really sure. We're we're gonna stick with Polish or Polish. Is it spelled the same way? Yeah, let's call him Polish. I'm gonna move past this. And number two. A musical album was created that was based on the novel, Big Sur. Number three, Rada Mitchell originally asked for Josh Hartnett to play Neil instead of Josh Lucas. Eric, how are you feeling about these? Interesting. So Rada Mitchell must be the wife of Mia Cassidy, whose name I'm forgetting. Carolyn, maybe? It is in the movie. Um, Passive forget. I think it might be Carolyn. So, okay, so... That would be kind of a power play for her to be like, hey, not a big fan of my husband. Can you get someone else? Kind of a power play. Mm -hmm. um, a musical album was created that was based on the novel. I suppose that's interesting. And you can't, you could kind of see in, in the novel, Jack writes about like the sounds of the Pacific Ocean. I could definitely see somebody like trying to make an album inspired by the sounds of the Pacific Ocean. That'd be kind of, a, that'd be kind of an, an interesting project. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to that one. Mm -hmm. And then the director of the film, Michael Polish, married to Kate Bosworth. Polish. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. She was, she was famous, right? I, I guess we talked off Mike before we started this that she, Kate Bosworth is in this movie and it's like kind of astounding that she is in this movie because she feels like somebody who's more famous than she is mm -hmm. and she doesn't really do anything. She's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe she was like, hey, husband, will you uh, pay my quote and give me in these 15 minutes? <laughs> Can't rule that one out. I'm, I am going to say, though, that a musical album was created that was based on the novel. And you not only that, that, I feel good about that one. Okay. It's, it's, it's an orchestral arrangement of just like Pacific Ocean sounds. Mm -hmm. So final okay. answer. Oh, that's my final answer. Is which one? Which one? The second one. one. The musical album. I thought you said you, that one you feel good about. 
Oh, I'm looking for the lie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... I... Do you know how to play this? We've played this like, 40, 50 times. Oh, God. Unbelievable. All right, well, that's definitely the truth, right? So... Right. <laughs> I don't know, All is right. it? So, um... Um, so I'll say I feel like it's more likely that Kate Bosworth is married to the director than an actor asked for a different actor. Okay. So I'll say Rada Mitchell did not ask for Josh Hartnett. So the third, you, I think the third one is a lie. Okay. So you're correct. I think so. There was no evidence of her asking. There was no, but it could have happened. So how did you get to Josh Hartnett? I just wanted somebody who's who was a different Josh, and Josh Hartnett came to mind because he's hotter, he's younger. Yeah, yeah. Brunette instead of a blonde. I guess Neil yeah. Cassidy seems to be blonde. I don't know. He could have dyed his hair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, <laughs> no, it's in his contract. <laughs> um, yeah, so you are correct. That is uh, the lie. Um, so yeah, so the musical album I wanted to mention is by two people, Jay Farrar and Benjamin Gibbard, and one of them, I forget which one, is the lead singer of Death Cab for Cutie. So they basically made an album called One Fast Move or I'm Gone... One Fast Move or I'm... Okay, hold on one second. <laughs> the album is called One Fast Move or I'm Gone, music from Jack Kerouac's Big Sur. So I thought it was interesting because I'd never heard of a an album based on a book before. Because mm-hmm. this came out in 2009, which was before the movie came out. Um, and I haven't actually listened to it cause I found it this morning, but, um, it, I listened to one clips of one song and it sounds kind of folky. Oh, interesting. Um, so it's not like sounds, well, at least the one song that I listened to is not like sounds of the ocean. Um, but sounds, and it's called, there's a song called final horrors, the void, San Francisco, these roads don't move. So it's like very based on sections of the book, which I thought was interesting. Um, so it would be a good listen for those who are interested. They should have optioned that album and use it as the soundtrack to the movie. Yeah, they should, maybe, yeah. I wonder if there's any, like, article on that. I didn't see anything. But yeah, they should have. Because the music was garbage in the movie. I didn't, yeah, it didn't even register. Yeah. It didn't even register. Um, and then, yeah, so the director of the film, Michael Polish Polish, is married to Kate Bosworth, but they got married after... After filming. After filming. So they got married that August. Or like, the movie came out in, like, early 2013, and they got married, like, that August. So there's clearly a connection. Yeah. Maybe he was jealous when she was hooking up with uh, Jack Jean-Marc Barr. Yeah. yeah. He was like, fuck that. Fuck that guy. Oh. Maybe that's why he doesn't have a career now. Well, neither of them really have a career, but... Probably because of this, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anyways. Oh, um, yeah, I wanted to mention... Good for love, you know? You mentioned earlier that Kate Bosworth seems more um, famous than this movie, right? So... I want to give you, I'm on our IMDb page right now, and I want to give you her four, like, top four, like, what she's known for, right? Oh, Blue Crush, right? Yep, number one. When was that? When did that come out? Early 2000s? 2003? 2002. Okay. Give me another one. I cannot. Uh, 21. Oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, 06, 07? 08. 08, okay. <laughs> and then, Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. Not familiar. 2004. Okay. And Superman Returns. Oh. Good for her. 2006. So she, she, that's really like the the Kate Bosworth era. It ends in 2008 with the housing crash. And it starts with the dot-com <laughs> the dot com uh, bubble in 2002. Are they correlated? Yes, we believe so. Yeah. <laughs> in this instance, correlation does equal causation. But I will say that that was her bread and butter early to mid-2000s, which was another... 
uh, famous comedians, bread and butter time frame, Dane Cook. So I, I, I don't know why your mind is making that <laughs> connection, but it's not wrong. So, so yeah, just for the listeners. Um, but yeah, so anyways, we're going to move forward and we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Great game. Great game. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It'll help us find more fine listeners like you. And we're back. Thank you for that. Brief hey, word. Will, um, breaking news into uh, my ear from the news desk here at uh, Lens. Okay. Um, a little Lens exclusive. All right. It turns out uh, Kate Bosworth and Michael Polish Polish have been, are separated as of uh, August 2021. So oh, shit. Well, we talked about their torrid love affair um, last segment. Mm-hmm. Turns out um, they are ending their relationship with what? love as it began with love. Wow. Wait, so who told you about this? Did you get a tip from somebody? Uh, Little Lands can report this through our sources. Um, I, I, I prefer not to name them. We might use them for, for other important things as well. But wow. You know, entertainment this sources is... can be uh, various, right? That's true. Publicists, yeah. friends, uh, someone with an intimate knowledge of the situation. Gotcha. I've been, cool. I've been reading a lot of Doi Moy. I don't know if you know Doi Moy. No, I don't an instagram account that just posts like uh potentially true unverifiable things about celebrities so just rumors yeah basically <laughs> someone's like hey uh brad pitt is at this restaurant with me today he ordered like this thing <laughs> and then the person will like re-story it and be like brad pitt's there but like people send her stuff and she doesn't verify any of it's true and she just posts but it. she posts it and people will take it for truth. And she's always like, just so you know, I'm not like verifying that any of this is accurate. She's just but like, but yeah, what's your, the, the morality of like just posting something? I guess because it doesn't really matter. It's just like Brad Pitt is at this place. Yeah, but sometimes it'll be like, you know, this A-list actor likes. Cheated on. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They don't say names, but it's like she tries to give it away without giving it away. That's garbage. Yeah, it is garbage. Here at Little Lens, we have journalistic standards, okay? So we verify our sources before we break breaking news. Yeah, we don't have three sources like they tell you to have. We just have one. But we really yeah, trust yeah. We really trust them. Yeah, we really trust them. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that's kind of a sad thing. Yeah, it is sad. But, you know, good luck to both of them. Um, they had a good run of 2013, so eight years or so. Um, love finds a way, Will. Love, love, love finds always a way. finds a way. I'm sure they'll, they will be okay. Um, but... With that news, Eric, do you want to talk about the book? Yeah, let's talk about the book. Um, you know, every time I hear this title, I think, like, Big Sir. It just reminds me of that Nicki Minaj lyric, like, Big Sean. Big Sean, boy, how big is he? Anyway. No, I don't have okay. the same uh, thought we, we, when I read we can the, cut that. the title of the book. We can cut that. Nothing will keep it. Um, moving on. But why would you adapt something like this in a cinematic form? It's a, it's a weird one. I, I feel like you probably feel this too, because it's not On the Road. It's not Howl. It's not Naked Lunch, some of the other beat um, works of literature that we're doing for this season. It's a deep cut. I think most people probably don't even know this book. Right. When this comes into people's podcast feeds, hopefully they will listen to it, but I have a feeling that like people are like, what is Big Sur? Yeah, I feel like people will maybe not even know what that it's a place in California. Because I feel like it's not that popular of a place to go to. 
And good, it shouldn't be. Yeah. Keep it for us. Yeah, yeah. Now that we know about it. Well, we're gonna we're gonna blow it up after this podcast, but that's probably true. I mean, it's just like this book isn't even asking to be adapted. It's the story of one guy having a psychotic breakdown, brought forth by fame and you know consumption. Um, but it's also a like travel diary. Yeah. When you read it, it's like words are misspelled. He uses a lot of ellipses. He uses a lot of like ampersands instead of writing out the word and. Mm-hmm. It feels like kind of like on the road. And I think it was written in a similar fashion that he just like wrote this down on a notebook on a, on his like famed scroll mm-hmm. and then just like sent this to his publisher who just fucking hit enter. <laughs> yeah. And like that was it. And it's really just like a diary of a famous person writing about his famous friends. Yeah. But ironically, because of like lawsuits can't use their real names right 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 so well, not, yeah not lawsuits but um, i thought that's what it was well they weren't suing him right but i, I guess like legally he didn't want to be on the hook for oh. potential, potential like lawsuits. this didn't happen yeah, yeah. you can't use my name right 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 um the stakes are low in this book the drama is pretty low the book is pretty quiet no one like confronts jack dulles and mm-hmm. his like alcoholism and his um, willingness to like scream at people and mm-hmm. be an asshole and just be like there's nothing about this main character in this book that would be like oh, that's the hero of a movie right you know right. what i mean he's yeah, just yeah. kind of like a sad asshole depressed crazed person yeah I, f- I feel like when reading it this this story did not scream out to me this needs to be a movie or like this needs to be a visual no and compared to on the road you have the like breakout um neil cassidy character Mm -hmm. there's no breakout like neil cassidy's not a breakout in this nope none of the other people in this book are really that interesting Mm -hmm. um jack kerouac i guess is interesting because he's jack kerouac Mm -hmm. but he's you know he's he's 40 here he's not 26 right you know people aren't stopping to pick him up on the side of the road anymore that's a scene early in this book right Mm -hmm. like america has moved on from like the hitchhiking days of his youth Mm -hmm. and now he's just an old sad drunk yep uh, sad that everyone yeah the past. yeah so f- for me it's just weird like, you can feel you read these pages and you're just like oh my god my liver like i can feel like the what's the word like a, alcohol poisoning or yeah cirrhosis oh you can just feel it in your liver yeah, yeah, when you yeah. Read these i know we're talking about yeah um and that makes me sad yeah i mean there's a lot of alcohol alcohol consumption there's a lot of dry parts to the book um a lot of interiority interiority not a lot of exteriority about the landscape and stuff like that which i think going into it is what i expected more of and i think you probably would agree um yeah it didn't scream cinema like on the road i mean it's very similar written prose wise and style wise and even narrative wise of on the road um it's a regurgitated story that he wrote basically in one sitting after taking notes during the experience um but yeah it's not a lot of narrative it's like a collection of events that happened to me between the months of x and y right and that's not like a movie that's just sort of a it's a diary it's a diary yeah it's a diary so so to um, me it's not like it wasn't screaming to be adapted yeah and then so what what parts of the book if any were you excited to see adapted i mean it was it was definitely the the big sir of it I mean, any asshole with a camera could just set it up and just, like, rake in the beauty of yeah. the California coast. Yep. 
And this asshole didn't even do that. Like, I don't know if when you watched this movie, you weren't like, oh my God, I have to be, I have to go to Big Sur. Yeah. There's no part of this movie was like, oh my God, like Wonderlust, this is incredible. It was, you know, there were a couple of moments where they shot like the Bixby Bridge. Mm -hmm. There was a couple of moments where they had like a time lapse of the clouds like rolling in and out. Mm -hmm. But there weren't any, I don't know. It didn't make me think like. I need to go to Big Sur. Yeah. Or like, this is a place that someone who was lost can go. To, like, find themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't... The natural worldness of it wasn't there. Mm. And that's what I wanted. Yeah. Because, like, the idea of this place is that he's going to dry out, he's going to write, recalibrate, get lost, find himself, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Right. That's not really how it is. No. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, there was not Big Sur porn. Like, there was in the beginning, there were shots about the beach and the big cliffs and the you know the water and everything but it sort of drifts away from that um and as i was watching the movie it's sort you sort of even reading the book it's like you sort of forget that this is where they are it's not really about the place even though that's what the title of the book and the movie is it's not really about this place it's kind of interesting right yeah like the title is a place right and you don't get a sense of place exactly yeah so yeah. I do. I wonder. Maybe we're being unfair because, like, this book was written in the '60s and it's 2013. Maybe a little bit earlier when they filmed this. Like, yeah. what has development done to the same landscape? Mm-hmm. It seems like driving yeah. past it. It seems pretty, probably pretty similar. Maybe more volume of cars or yeah, a little more get, development. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I don't think it's changed probably that much. Um, I think it's relatively untouched. Like, you might have maybe a strip mall or something nearby or something, but I can't imagine it's changed that much in the, since the 60s. Some other houses, maybe. Instead of this one cabin, there could be, like, yeah. 15 cabins. Yeah. Another thing to, like, ponder about the adaptation is, like, it's so inside of, like, Jack. Mm-hmm. How do you bring that out? How do you, like, make it feel like he's actually... I mean... Like, it's 1962 or whatever, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. going crazy. Yeah. And that's the word we have for what he's doing. He's losing his mind. So how do you... How does he... How do you show him losing his mind? Would be something it's I great want to yeah. show, like, in the adaptation. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think they tried to do it in this. I mean, before I guess we'll get into that in the movie section, but how do you do that in an adaptation? How do you bring out this... Um, mental deterioration of a character. Um, I don't know. It's difficult. It's it's difficult to do bring that to a visual medium, right? Because this is such an interior. Books are interior medium, but like this is even more interior than probably most books are. Um, yeah. Right. So yeah, I don't know. It's the one thing that you can do really well with writing is yeah. just like give a sense of how you feel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, visually, it's kind of on the actor i suppose Mm -hmm. um but i it's also on like his relations with other characters yeah and how that affects him yeah his interior yeah we'll get we'll get more into it but i i do think it's interesting how well not i mean certainly better the book is at exploring Mm -hmm. the like crumbling apart of him Mm -hmm. versus the movie's like Willingness to go there. Lackluster effort. Yeah. 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 Um, did you like reading it? Uh, 
some days, yes, some days, no. It kind of, it was interesting. I was thinking about this last night when I was prepping for the episode, but Big Sur is basically just like a blog. To, if, if Big Sur happened today, it would be a blog. Like he would have written this as an essay or a blog to promote a book that he was actually writing. That's really interesting. He would be like, oh, just so you know, like the perils of fame are such that I spent three weeks in Big Sur and it was like good for me, but then also I couldn't really handle it. So I got some of my buddies to come down and like party with me. And then I really couldn't handle that either. So I just kept drinking and drinking and drinking. But now, you know, I'm sort of on the way again. Thank you for coming to my 1500 word medium piece. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting perspective. I think I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. And like, because there weren't blogs, because there wasn't the internet or computers back then, this is essentially a long blog post or multiple blog posts, right? Um, about his time in Big Sur. And probably would have been a popular blog, maybe. Or maybe not, um, if it was written in today's era. But yeah, I mean, it certainly is. It's, it, it is essentially a diary, much like On the Road was. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, the ending. So I, I, like you, had good days and bad days when I was reading this. I was like, I cannot fucking get through this goddamn book. I don't give a shit about what's happening. Or like, okay, this is interesting. This isn't so bad. But the ending was what really sort of saved the book for me. Um, because it really gets kind of dark. Yeah. Um, and can you just talk a little bit about that or what your thoughts are? Yeah. So I guess the book is in like, there's a couple different like sections of the book where like he's alone by himself and you get this sort of like natural world interiority. He brings his buddies in, you get some like raucous party in mixed with sad boy energy. <laughs> and at the end, um, in a weird like turn, he gets hooked up with Neil Cassidy's mistress mm -hmm. and they have like a torrid love affair. They go back to the cabin and he has his like final breakdown. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a moment that he has like a, a, a night terror where he like realizes that everything is like fucked yep. and he doesn't want to be with her or anywhere else. And he just wants to like, I don't know, drink and die basically. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's really, really, really dark. And then they wake up in the morning and, um, they're leaving the cabin and they need to throw the trash away. And this is how, you know, it's in the sixties. Like they just dig a hole in the backyard and right. dump a bunch of shit in a hole and then cover it. Um, this is what you're going for. Right. And she, yes. the Billy character, who's the mistress digs a hole. That's basically the size of her child. Who's like an 11 year old boy. Mm -hmm. And Jack is like, Oh my God, that's a, that's a metaphor. And it's, it's it's a it's a interesting moment, but it's also kind of like an unexplored moment where mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh, everyone knows that she like hates her kid and like hates her life, so she's subconsciously like digging the kid a grave, um, to to bury him in. Yeah. But that's not explored. It's just sort of like said, and he makes the connection, but it really like the book ends like the next page. Yeah, and I just thought it was interesting, like it's it's his uh he comes full circle into his like madness into his like dark, you know, black hole. And it's like his, his mind is just going off into these wild directions. And this is sort of the epitome of it. And it's sort of like killing a kid and burying a child because he finds a child to be relatively annoying 
like throughout the book he finds him the child is like he's always complaining about oh the kid always needs this he always needs that like, the kid watches them have sex right that's, yes that's a thing yeah. yeah um so it's just like an odd relationship with the kid and he's always complaining about why the kid's there why is the kid always asking for things why is he blah 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 and it's never like a good he's never like happy about the kid he's never happy with the kid it's not a joyous experience at all and then eventually it just sort of gets worse and worse and worse and worse and then he's thinking about like the kid dying yeah and burying the kid it's like wow this is like relatively dark so i actually liked that part because it sort of went to a went to a place i never expected to go i guess not that i want this kid to die in any way like just so i'm we're clear but you understand you like you get the feeling, I really, you know? yeah. you're like i would have dug the hole too but i wouldn't put him in there yeah yeah yeah, of yeah. Course, of course. um but yeah so sort of went to a new place that i didn't expect to go with kerouac so i, I like that part yeah i'm i feel like his some of his problems maybe just we live in a world so obsessed with like celebrity mm-hmm. that we're not as interested in the like celebrity breakdown stuff anymore yeah so maybe. like maybe in maybe this hit a little bit differently in the 60s than we feel like today because for me i was like i don't really care that you are having trouble with being famous right yeah like, yeah, yeah. like fuck you yeah <laughs> like it's not it's really not, it's not that hard man like right, you just right, like right. sign some autographs like whatever yeah. it is his fame is kind of interesting because his fame is like oh this is the guy that like will do drugs and drink with me i can imagine like hemingway probably had a similar kind of fame where it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah you see him at a bar and it's like okay well we're We're gonna be drinking right jack Kerouac's similar like oh this guy is full of energy and full of life like Mm -hmm. let's let's dig the night man yeah it's like i'm i'm tired i got (laughs) yeah wake up tomorrow go to big Sur. um so so it's interesting i I do feel like because that stuff didn't really hit for me Mm -hmm. it was a little bit dull and it did feel like this darkness was also the most personality it definitely the, was of the book it definitely was the most personality the um, most interesting part of it yeah so I, I i do feel that like it, it was dark but it was also like it felt it actually felt more real than anything else yeah definitely and relatable maybe yeah maybe for some yes <laughs> um well cool we are going to take a quick break unless there's anything else you want to mention about the book um no we i guess we should mention that did we already talk about this where he at some points he just like sits outside and listens to the pacific ocean and he writes poems about yes. like the sounds of the the waves and stuff and in what the in the book that we read there was like the collected pacific ocean sounds by yes. jack kerouac at the end um so there's something else you might want to read if you're interested in reading this yeah if you're interested in the poems of the beat generation then certainly check those out because they're sort of like an addendum to the end of the end of the book yeah um, but, but i want to say that before we go into this next break because it'll be valuable information to have yeah, of course yeah for later uh, but cool we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back do you have an idea for an episode tell us what it is tweet at us find us on instagram follow us for updates and general musings at lit two lens and we are back thank you for that brief word from myself um Link, we're going to continue, with, it looks like we're going to continue with um, a new favorite feature, a new favorite section in the Little Lens uh, layout here called Eric Learns You Something. So this week, Eric, what do you have for us? This week we're talking about free verse, Will. Oh. Um, in Big Sur, the Kerouac stand-in mentions writing poems, tracking the sounds of the ocean. I'm, I think I mentioned this before the break. Um, at the end of the 
book that we read, they collected those poems. They're called C colon Sounds of the Pacific Ocean. Mm -hmm. You can find those online probably. Mm -hmm. um, and they are written in free verse. What is free verse, Will? Well, I'm about to learn you. Thank you. Um, it's a form of poetry that does not use a consistent meter or musical pattern or rhyme. Um, it's, you know, you've probably come across it. The howl is like this. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of other Walt Whitman's like this. Um, Arthur Rimbaud, who mm. is mentioned in Big Sur, has a couple poems like this. He kind of spurred on um, free verse across the pond. But basically, it's meant to more closely mimic the like nature of human speech it's not ordered like if you think of like shakespeare right everything mm -hmm. is you know in pentameter it's mm -hmm. the lines are the same size there are specific patterns of rhyme scheme mm -hmm. this is not like that this is free for all okay so um i think for the beats you can imagine how getting to the truth of what the sounds actually are without having to like get the words in the right position to fit the meter, to fit the rhyme scheme. You don't mm -hmm. have to rewrite things. You don't have to like fit yourself into a box. Right. There is no box. They can't be fit into one. Yeah. This is very Kerouac. This is very beatnik. Yeah. There is no box, Will. There is only truth. Wow. So that's deep. That's free verse. Yeah. A lot. The, these poems are written in free verse. Howl is written in free verse, which we talked about last episode. Yeah. Um, Whitman, who's a big inspiration for the beats. Was how written in free verse? Yeah, it had um, some. I can't remember the, because it had like it started with the same word, all right. Every line started with the same word. Yeah, but the the lines are different lengths. Okay. There is like there is some rhyme, but it's random. Okay. So it's not it's not a consistent like a b a b a b across, you know, hundred and. 12 lines gotcha okay it's it varies it's yeah some lines do rhyme some do not exactly okay. yeah yeah so it's not it's just not consistent interesting Arthur so, Rimbaud never heard of him yeah he was a French poet who the beats love and most of his poetry is not in free verse some like very few of it a, a, a bit of it is mm -hmm. um he was French and he wrote like all of his poetry between the ages of like 16 and 20 and then stopped writing and moved to like Africa, Al oh. Algeria maybe, and just sort of like lived as a hermit for the rest of his life. Really? Yeah. He's got one book of collected poetry. I think it's called Illusions or like Illusionary or something like that. You could probably find it. And he was alive in the 1830s. Huh. Um, like pre-Civil War, but you know, across. Right, right, right. In, in Europe. And then uh, in Africa. Wild. Yeah. So he, he's, he's fairly... Well-known? Maybe not fairly well-known. That's probably the wrong word. I think he's he's notable, mm. but he's not like an A-plus, you know, he's not Tom Cruise A-list gotcha. writer, but he's probably like a B or C-list writer. I wouldn't agree that Tom Cruise is A-list, but... He's like a writer's writer. He's probably. on A-list. Yeah, sure. he's definitely on A-list. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's him. Uh, he gets name-checked in Big Sur, and I think the, yeah. the beats, beats like him. Beat guy. Yeah. Cool. That's well, there you verse. go. Well, I thank you for learning me something, yeah. and, the, and the listeners as well. Free verse, don't forget it. Not not to be confused with freestyle, which is a form of rap. Or free bird, which is a song by Leonard Skinner. Amen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Eric, we're getting gonna get into the movie here. How would you describe the adaptation? Literal, loose, or reimagined? Um, I wrote down in my notes, Will, that this is literal, and it is quote exactly the fucking same. 
end quote. Quote. Wow. So, sorry for the, the expletive. No, it's, listeners. we're an explicit podcast. That's totally fine. But this is the exact same thing. It is. Right? Like, they, they put this book on my te- television screen. Copy, paste. They literally copy, paste. Yeah. Like, we put our heads together to think of differences, and we came up with, like, three, and even these Barely. three yeah. don't even add up to, like, a full real yeah. difference. Yeah. Um, so let's can, go over the first one. We're going to get into this. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we've been joking about this for a while, but there is in the book a much more defined like hatred between Jack and Elliot, mm-hmm. who's Billy's um, kid. Yeah. And him and Billy have this like torrid love affair for 30 to 40 to 50 pages of the book, kind of mm-hmm. like the last quarter to the last third. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elliot is just always around. He yeah. watches them have sex. He's like, always asking questions Mm -hmm. he's an 11 year old kid so i think you probably take this with a grain of salt maybe he has a bit of an attachment issue with his mom but um in the book certainly the hatred is like very obvious jack like really doesn't like the kid doesn't like that he's around doesn't like like wants to put him in a a hole in the ground (laughs) right um and in the movie that's kind of gone yeah i mean i i Elliot was a very, is a very less prominent character in the movie, if at all. Uh, if he, if he's at all featured, I really do not remember. He's he's in there. He's in there. Okay. Yeah, there is the scene of the, at the end when they dig the coffin size hole in the yeah. ground. That that is a scene that happens in the movie, and he like is shown laying in it. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's, that's like about it. based on nothing. Right, and that's because I actually watched this movie before. I read the book, which is probably a mistake, because I was like, what the fuck is this? And I really don't even really remember it now, but in the movie, he's much more prominent. He's, he's referred to much more often in as book, being, yeah. A, yeah, in the book, sorry, as being an annoying character to do a loss. Um, but yeah, so that was one relatively big difference. It is interesting, though. I feel like in the book, it kind of, I mean, it, I suppose when you talk about anything that Jack Kerouac writes, you, you have to maybe consider that some of this is truth maybe like 75 mm. to 80 percent of this probably did happen in some sort of way uh, maybe even higher than like mm. he didn't he didn't shift things to make a better narrative yeah that we like for like an actual novel right this yeah. is more of a diary versus being a based on my trip to big sur right i've created a book about that right 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 um and i mean god knows he had to change the names of characters in this because you know for reasons of Legality. Um, legality. So uh, a lot of this might be true. In the movie, I suppose they make a decision to get rid of him. You know, got to be for several reasons, right? Like one thing, kids are always hard. Mm-hmm. No one likes a kid actor, mm-hmm. especially an 11-year-old. That's kind of like the worst age. Mm-hmm. Um, two, maybe you can you can show the deterioration of the relationship between Billy and Jack without having to like kid-sized wedge between them mm-hmm. maybe just having him worry about his life and fame and his drinking is enough you don't need the kid mm-hmm. and you can get rid of it it's just confusing to me that like they would remove all of the the lead up to this like final crescendo of the kid size hole in the ground as a, which is a huge metaphor and still exists in the movie but just not have any of the like build up yeah it's not earned it's weird because i i just feel like it felt so out of place like a lot of other things in this movie that 
you sort of need to have the what the book had where with the annoyance of the of the kid and everything you have to have more elliot in there for us to feel like his feelings towards the child are even justified just having a random part at the end where he digs a child like child sized hole in the ground and puts elliot in a coffin it's just it's just random to a viewer it makes no sense it's why is this here what does this even mean but with the book right with the everything that came before it gives more context so we just i just felt like there wasn't enough context in the movie yeah and we i've in my writers groups we've talked about like the weight of certain elements of story like on the rest of your story so here like the billy character digs a hole in the ground that is the size of her 11 year old son like that tells you a lot about this character and it kind of like affixes on her like a hundred pound weight Mm -hmm. it's just like holy shit like you you hate your son Mm -hmm. you like wish he was dead right and that as a fact is like it takes up a lot of air Mm -hmm. but here it's just sort of like it is what it is and we've moved on from it right and maybe in the diary that sort of makes sense like oh if you knew billy and she she's always trying to like just get rid of her son you know (laughs) but in the movie it's like when that happens you're just like holy shit this is an earth shattering like thing. Yeah. Like that's a family that is fucked. Right. But we've, we're, we're accepting it. We're moving on. That's lunch. Let's that's go. Like, right. Let's get back to it. Um, so that's the first one. Um, that's probably the most prominent, um, difference in the, between the mediums. But then there's another one. Billy gets to yell back at him in the movie. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of a, deep cuts of deep cuts right at the end of the book um jack brings back two of his friends and billy and elliot to the cabin to have this sort of like maybe quieter two-week stretch where they just cook and fish and drink and drink and party and have sex and you know everything's grand Mm -hmm. um doesn't work out that way no uh jack in his consumption realizes that he really doesn't love billy and he really doesn't want her there and tells her as much in a sort of like moment of cuddling mm-hmm. like i think they're like sleeping outside in the sleeping bag and they're like cuddling and she's like love me jack yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all i want from you is like she's like this weird like pixie dream girl who's like i know you're an alcoholic and have never been nice to me once in these pages <laughs> but like i really just want you to like love me i just like really <laughs> i just really like, really need that from you <laughs> And it makes no sense, but it's just the sort of, like, oh, yeah, she'll do it because she's, like, down. Right, right, right. Um, And in the movie, they allow her... So, in the book, he just, like, sort of tells her all this stuff. He's like, Mm -hmm. hey, I can't do that. Right. I'm crazy. I'm a mess. You don't want me. And she's like, yeah, I do want you. And he's like, no, you don't. And that's it. Mm -hmm. In the movie, she gets to do a little bit more. Right. She gets to yell at him and say, like, you're an asshole, an idiot, you don't like realize the love that you can provide. Right. Um, so she, she sort of like digs into his psyche and tells him the truth of what he feels, but can't express Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So narratively she works to sort of show us that what others recognize in him that he can't recognize in himself, which I, I thought worked well, right. It's, it's a good addition. I think, um, it probably would have fit into the book, right? It makes it makes sense. It doesn't feel out of place. Do you feel the same? 
Yeah, it feels very natural. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, as an actor, like, that gives your character a little more power. Yeah. For, like, Kate Bosworth, who plays Billy. Right. Right, that's, that's, that's better. You're someone who stands up for yourself. You're not just an object of Jack Kerouac's, like, right. self-actualization. Right. So, I think as, yeah, as a device, it's, it makes it better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh. It's different, and it, it is, it is, the only, like, issue I would take with it is that it's just so out of nothing. Like, it's not like they are always fighting. Well, maybe you could argue that they... Their relationship seems to deteriorate as time goes on. Yeah. In the movie, at least. So maybe, it, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through my emotions as we talk about this, but, yeah, like... So that's fine. Yeah, it's... It, it is... I suppose it is well established that they are having problems Mm -hmm. and he's receding and she's trying to pull him back yeah i just wish that there was more of a reason to want to pull jack back yeah i mean so we could get into this but like there's also issues with like the way that their relationship even started oh yeah i mean like this relationship does does not at least for me did not feel this is one of my final thoughts is Is it okay i won't we can get into it okay so, it, just for context, if you haven't seen or read the book, seen the movie or read the book, uh, Billy was a was a mistress. I think to, is or is a, during the time. Yeah, is a mistress to um, Neil Cassidy, who's married to Carolyn, um, and everybody knows about it. Carolyn knows about it. She's not happy with it, but she just sort of kind of accepts it. Um. And then Neil introduces Billy, his mistress, to Jack and sort of has this, it's a very odd scene. It's just a very weird, and maybe this is more, prim, like, because we live in a different era and a different time. But no, just, this is definitely weird. So he, they just sort of, like, start kissing immediately, right? They introduce, he introduces him, Billy and Jack, and then they just sort of, like, start hooking up, like, as he's there. But first... Neil Cassidy's like, hey, babe, and, like, kisses her. Yes, that's, yes. And he's like, here's Jack. And she's like, hey, Jack. And Jack's like... <laughs> they just start they start, Yeah, up. they do start, like, hooking up on the couch. So, I guess, I mean, going back to On the Road, it does fit the same, like, this is their personalities. Like, it fits the same. Um, but it's just, it's just odd. And then they start this relationship. Um, and so, that, so that's my one issue, is, like, this sort of started from a weird place... It didn't feel real. It didn't feel like there was a real connection. It was just sort of like, oh, you're hot, I'm hot, let's hook up kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and we're all we're both like raw sexual beings. Let's just sort of like have this sexual encounter like all the time kind of thing. So it didn't feel like a real relationship, a, a, a good bedrock for a good relationship. Let me put it that way. Um, Maybe we're just not hot. Maybe if we were hot, they would hot, like yeah. that would be real to us. Man. It would just like happen. Maybe I should get plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. It just felt weird from the start and it didn't it didn't feel warranted for a full-fledged relationship and then so i mean i guess it doesn't it feels right that there would be problems but yeah there's there is something between jack and neil maybe that is explored in other books or explored in like a jack kerouac biography Mm -hmm. like those two dudes have something going on because in on the road like jack is hooking up with mary lou or like trying to and she's hooking up with neil um and then in the in this 
in this movie or in this story, he talks about hooking up with his wife, Neil's wife. Yeah, they want to have like a. He, Jack keeps talking about like a four way marriage. Yeah. Where he's like, all four of us are going to be like married to each other, and it's just going to be like one big ball. It's gonna be great. There's, I don't get that. Yeah, and uh, another thing is, there's a moment where he brings Billy like into Neil and Carolyn's home. Yeah. And it's like, hey yes. guys, here's my here's my like flame. Don't you want to meet her? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so in the movie, it's so good because um she comes in and it's like super awkward yeah and carolyn is like neil ask her what she wants to drink he's like what do you want to drink and she says the usual <laughs> where it's like you know what i want to drink because we like fuck all the time yeah we and know everybody knows everything it's Neil's, so good Neil's I super I awkward that. and it, that, sh- that scene actually was shot in an interesting way it was from the exterior of the house looking into the window yeah so, like, they're all sitting in the living room, and you can see their heads, basically, and, like, their shoulders, and they're having this encounter. It's, like, that's a weird choice for, uh, like, a whatever, just a scene from a cinematography perspective. I don't know. I wonder, I don't know. I just, that just sort of popped in my head. I wonder why they decided to do that instead of interior. But yeah. You're outside looking in. Maybe you, they didn't want you're to be inside. In. They were, like, we're not really sure what's going to happen here, so we're just going to, like, chill. <laughs> yeah. That, that's funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, it's a it's a weird start to that relationship. Yeah. Um, but I do, going back to the initial difference, I do like that she gets the chance to really like yeah yell at him. Yeah, it felt it felt right. And then okay, so moving on, the third major major in quotes uh, difference is the there's a lack of a night terror scene. Yeah, I added this one in because as part of his like psychic breakdown at the end of the book he in the same moment where he's like sleeping outside with billy like after she falls asleep he just Mm -hmm. sort of stays up all night and can't it's kind of like the idea that you like can't turn your brain off instead he's thinking about all these like great writer things Mm -hmm. um and also in that moment he can hear elliot like tapping his foot he's like elliot knows like how to keep me awake that like bastard kid he's yeah and he, he just has there's a couple of pages of just him monologuing about being awake next to somebody that he doesn't love and has made a mistake bringing here yeah. is, um like really done himself and her wrong right and that really doesn't exist in the movie so much they kind of have that big fight and then it cuts to like the next morning yeah um and for me i i don't know it'd be it would be kind of hard to do a night terror like scene but why maybe? not try right like... uh, yeah why not try it i f- feel like it builds to the breakdown and yeah it makes more sense yeah you can understand like as somebody who is you know I, we've all had like bad night's sleep you know mm-hmm. and it feels really real especially when you're thinking about something that you've done wrong or mm-hmm. that is really worrying you yeah it makes a lot of sense and yeah. it, it builds to what they tried to build to yeah i mean you can certainly feel more empathy for the character having these crazy thoughts about him, you know, thinking about burying the son, the live son. Um, it certainly, it makes more sense, like, it, from a, you know, logical perspective or a narrative perspective. It's, this is a, this is a big step on him losing his mind. Yeah. Right? This is, like, the step where, right before he loses it. Yeah. So. You just want to, more track laid. Yeah. Before the train comes off the track. Right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, leaving it out feels weird like why not just include it i mean this this movie's only 80 
something minutes, right? Like, yeah, it's short. I don't think the producer is like, no, we got to keep it at 85. Like, you cannot go a minute over, right? Like, you have room to put this in. Like, why not just do it? Maybe they shot it and they thought it didn't work. Maybe. We don't, we don't have the actor. We don't, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll work on getting that information to you guys. But, yeah, I don't know. It just, it felt like a missed opportunity. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to talk about is this, like, why did they keep this so similar? I've been trying to figure that out because, I mean, really, like, if you if you read and watch this, it's the same exact thing. Yeah. The plot is exactly the same. Was this the same for On the Road? It was pretty similar, right? It was pretty similar. Yeah. Um, and who knows? Maybe there's something with, like, the Kerouac estate. Who, who can say? Who maybe there's, like, behind-the-scenes stuff that yeah. we don't know about. It's just, it's so weird to me that they took a diary that has... This is like so not a movie, and mm-hmm. we're just like, this is it. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Because there's, it's just like a collection of events that took place within several months, and that's a story, but it's not a movie. Yeah. It's just like it's a it's a. There's no there's no narrative. There's no structure. There's no stakes. Like why not just? You can certainly find stakes you can certainly find narrative you can certainly build a narrative with the story absolutely it's like right? definitely one man's descent into madness like yeah. that, there's a story in that yeah it's just it's just not that right it's it's a bunch of things without feel, being one thing i feel like it's so if i was the director right michael polish my perspective is i want to pay homage i love jack Kerouac and his writing so much it's so innovative it's so different it's so unique i want to like represent his art in my artwork which is like doesn't i mean it it makes sense maybe from his perspective like i want to you know do him justice by making a great film in his style right that's because that's sort of the jack kerouac mystique is like it's not like what he does it's sort of the way he wrote and the way he who he is who he is and like who how he impacted that art form right like so from my perspective, that's how I sort of in my mind, how I think the directors would have felt like I need to, I need to do it in his style. I can't, I can't do it in a traditional, uh, movie style because that would be me selling out. And that's not what Jack Kerouac did. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I need to do this. Yeah. It may, it does make sense. I just, I, this but is it, like, oh, that also doesn't, but that perspective doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, just make a good movie. Yeah. It goes back to like the Metacritic Rotten Tomatoes thing where it's like, if if yeah. they had gotten if they had gone for something, it probably would have been less well received. And the fact that it was like moderately received just tells you they didn't quite get they didn't quite do they didn't quite go for anything that would yeah. make anybody feel any kind of way. I feel like the people who love Kerouac probably also love this movie. Right? I wonder though. Just because he is so like if you read a Kerouac book, it is the writing is like very singular. Yeah. Right? It's it's his way with words. More they, so than yeah. his way with story or mm. anything. Yeah. Like, the way he describes people, the way he just describes his, like, journeys and stuff. I just think it's, it's kind of, like, good and unique as far as other people that we've, we've read. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, just losing his voice is going to be hard for a movie. Although they try... God, like, we should make a drinking game every time somebody is, like, writing the story that they're telling. Like, that should just be an automatic drink. Also, we didn't really talk about this, um, but, like, the narration, where he's literally reading, reading the, book. the book over the visuals. 
Like, that's another thing I think that was in On the Road, but it just, it did, I, I tuned it out, because it's like, I'm not interested in this. I think that's, it's like the hard thing for people to decide. It's like, the, the words are so good, mm. and I just want them to be in the movie. Yeah. How can I get them in the movie? You just put them in. I just have to put them in. I can't, like, I, how, I can't do it else, otherwise. It should have been directed by somebody else. Who would have like thought around that, right? I'm interested to see to what we what what when we watch Naked Lunch, because oh that director has like a creative brain. Does he? Okay. Um, he does some like wild stuff. So I I'd be curious to see like how that movie is gonna be fucking psycho. It's I hope so. Insane. After after <laughs> these movies, like I like I hope that movie is psycho. Yeah. I think that would be a a, a change of pace and more true to the actual like. I mean, that that to book in particular is is. Crazy. I'm reading it now, and it's like, what am I fucking reading? Dude? Yeah. <laughs> like each paragraph, it seems changes. Like yes, it's like a totally different. Check back in for that for that episode. Yeah, goodness. But anyways, let's continue. Let's wrap this one up here. So, was the adaptation in your term, in your view, successful? Um. So just yeah, to wrap this up, the, if you wanted a movie that was a literal adaptation of the book, like word for word, image for image, scene for scene then yes. But if you wanted to make the case that this movie earned movie status, like, was there a reason to adapt this beyond just the book existing? I would say no. I agree with... If that makes sense. The latter of what you just said. The yeah. second part. Yeah. There was no There was no reason this was the movie version of Big Sur. Yeah. There was no, there was no reason to make, yeah, the book into a movie. And if there was, this wasn't it. Yeah. So... And um, you probably can tell that, do we like the movie? I think the answer is probably no. Fuck no. Um, I haven't logged it on uh, Letterboxd yet, but you gave it like one star, right? It must have been. I don't remember. Yeah. Because I, I just immediately forgot like what the movie after after watching it. Honestly. Yeah. Tonality it was, was weird. It, it was, was 80 some minutes and it felt like two hours. Yeah. Quick question before we get to the like full on end. Mm-hmm. As far as Neil Cassidy's go, we've oh, seen two, yeah. right? Josh Lucas, Neil Cassidy here, Garrett Hetland, Neil Cassidy, and On the Road. You gotta pick one. Neither. Who's your Neil Cassidy? Neither. Neither. Okay. Neither. I mean, maybe Josh Lucas. No, I mean, no. None of them encapsulated the Neil Cassidy that was in either of these books. Yes. I, I think I would go with Garrett Hetland. I think okay. I like the youthful energy more than yeah. Josh Lucas' is... His old energy. Old man energy. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Lucas' energy was really weird. It, it sort of felt... It just felt like a dad. The scene where he's changing the tires just didn't feel right. No. And that was like the Neo Cassidy scene there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Neither of them. Neither. Correct answer. But I have a hot take that gets into it later. So That's where we are now. Yeah. So you, do you want to hear mine? Or do, do you want to go for it? No, go ahead. So my hot take is Josh Hartnett should have played Neil Cassidy. He has terrible motor skills, though, so he wouldn't be a very good driver. Yeah, but he, he can pull off like the... Like the play, the pretty boy version of Neil Cassidy. I don't think I have seen Josh Hartnett in anything. I've never seen Black Hawk Down. Pearl Harbor. I've not seen Pearl Harbor. What? So you haven't seen those movies? No. I've had I Michael had a, Bay. I had a good fulfilling childhood. Ridley though. Scott. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, I don't really have a reason why. The the only reason is because he's attractive, like very attractive, and he could get lots of women, which is what Neil Cassidy does. Yeah, but I don't think he, he probably is not good of enough of, of an actor to play like his mannerisms and stuff. Yeah, but it still would have been better than Josh Lucas. I still think I want Bradley Cooper. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, no, you're totally right. I, I think that's I think that's what I want. Yeah, we should do that. We should tell them. Yeah, maybe too old now. Maybe. Yeah. Um. Okay. My hot take: If we make any more beat movies, I want the I want like Seth Rogen's crew. I want like Seth Adam Rogen. McKay, t- or, yeah. Uh, no, like I don't know, Adam Rogen McKay. and like Jonah Hill. Oh yeah. Those yeah. like Craig, Craig, uh, Robinson. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like the crew that made This Is the End. Oh okay. I want them to make like. Why? these movies because they're like it's movies about friends and like famous yeah, friends i just true. want i want like famous friend energy <laughs> okay everywhere yeah. that's true they do they do that very well and yeah this is the end of the other and this is kind of like what these books are about is yeah. like we're all we're all friends is leo in that crew because he's boys with jonah hill oh dude give me just give me leo as neil cassidy or jack kerouac oh man give me toby mcguire as jack kerouac <laughs> Oh, okay. Give me Leo as Neil Cassidy. I don't hate this. And fill in the rest of his crew. With the, the Jonah Hill. Lucas. No, no, no. Give me the, the the technical term for these guys is the pussy posse. Excuse me. My bad. Um, I apologize <laughs> oh, uh... for that. This is a, you, you can Google it and you'll David see Blaine. And... Yeah, David Blaine, Lucas, Kevin Who's Connolly. Oh, yeah, Kevin Connolly. Like, just give me those guys. I actually yeah. think that might not be so terrible. You should pitch it to him. So... All right, that's I've re, I'm rewriting my hot take. Make this the Leo DiCaprio crew. Okay, well we we will reach out and try to get him on the pod and convince him. Did you so? They make on the road with Leo in 2023. That's like an Oscar frontrunner, right? Probably for sure. It depends who the director would be, but yeah, he's probably he might be a little old now. But who would be a director? Who cares? <laughs> it's it's like matter, put Leo on the screen. All right. Uh, movie or book? Book. Book. Me too. Um, the movie was just really not, not for horrible. me. It was horrible. That book I liked. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm a Jack Kerouac person. Me, me neither. Um, so, but of the two, I'm definitely going book. Yeah. Book. Book was was tough to get through, but the movie was worse. Yeah. It was harder to get through, honestly um final thoughts what will will we remember most i'm gonna remember the book cover because it's fucking dope yeah we'll put a picture of this on the instagram yeah because it is cool it is very cool that's the only reason i bought the book honestly <laughs> otherwise i would have just you're, got gonna, it you're from, gonna throw uh, it away from um that's a good one I, the book cover is cool i'm yeah. i what i'll remember is jack kerouac deciding it was a good idea to bring neo cassidy's mistress into neo cassidy's uh home yes that's what a good one. A, what a thing to do. Yeah, I mean, what a what a asshole move, but also like a great move. Yeah, <laughs> it, probably the best. It's that's probably the best scene of the movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, but just not not cool. Yeah, not very <laughs> very chill. very not cool. Super not chill. Um, we're gonna sign off here. Check out our most recent episode on Hal, uh, which we recorded about a month ago, and is yet to go up, but we're gonna put it up pretty soon here. It's marinating. It's, it's marinating. Yeah, you're gonna let it marinate. And then um, keep an eye out for our next episode, which is gonna be on Naked Lunch here this month, um, and then. Check out for an announcement of our next season, which we should be putting out pretty soon here. Um, and then any shout outs? Shout out Josh Hartnett. I suppose this is a, your comeback starts today. It starts today. You're welcome. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah.